0: Michael, just a minute to switch some things around because he's going to show a video for me while he's doing that. I want to invite you to take a deep breath in and release. And I want you to remember that what we just did, you can do easily, can't you? I bring my body, I bring my mind to peace. I bring my heart to peace. I bring my body to peace. I breathe peace out into the world. So which is more productive when you're feeling nervous, turning on the Weather Channel to see how far Irma has made it up the coast, or bringing yourself to center? You get to make that choice, don't you? You get to choose what you're going to do right now. Do you, have we covered often enough, do you understand that you are connected to mass consciousness? Do you understand that you're connected to divine consciousness? Do you understand that those are different places? They are. They are different states of being in different places. Both will affect everyone. When you balance and center and bring yourself here, present, in a place that feels calm and safe and you do it with the intention of connecting through divine consciousness to all living things, all living things, not just people, but all things, you bring that state of peace available to people in the world. For those who are looking for it, who are saying, please help me find peace. Please help me find a sense of safety right now. If you are holding that in consciousness, people have a place to go to when they ask. They will be directed and plugged right into you, right into what you're holding. That work is incredibly important all the time and right now. So as you move through your day today, no matter how excited you are about things, I invite you to come back to this place of centered balance. Do the exercise. It's easy. It will bring you back. All through these weeks while people are recovering from what's happening, bring yourself back. Be an anchor for that, that peaceful state. This is a doing something. This is not just a thinking about how can I help. This right here, what we're talking about, you guys are practiced at doing You are practiced at holding silence and bringing yourself into this present moment. Not a lot of people on the planet are practiced at coming into this present moment. This is important work. So as often as it comes to you, bring yourself back to center. Thank you for that good work that you'll do and are doing. We're starting a new series this week on spiritual gifts and uh, this little video is was shot when Denzel Washington was speaking to a crew that he was about to go on stage with. He was coming out of a rehearsal for a play, so it was shot candidly by someone who just happened to pick up, just happened to pick up their phone and shoot it. So it's not high level professionalism, but it's who Denzel Washington is, and his message is really important. So let's listen. Never see a hearse with a U Haul behind it. It's a good line, isn't it? It's a good thing to remember. It's a good thing to remember. So, he has a lot to say today. So, important to think about spiritual gifts. How come? Why does it matter that we have spiritual gifts? Well, it matters, for one thing, because we brought them with us. We have them already. Spiritual gifts are not gifts we earn or gifts we learn or gifts that we pray for. Our spiritual gifts are what we already have, what we came here with. And a lot of times we have them, and we don't really know what they are. Because from a very young age, we were taught that our work was to make the people around us happy. So when we were very, very little, we did all of the things that our parents taught us to do, most of the time. If we didn't, there was usually not a very good outcome to that, right? So we learned that if we wanted to be happy, we should do what our parents said. And then we went to school. And we learned to do what the teachers wanted us to do. And then maybe we dated. And we learned to do what our date wanted us to do. And then we got a job. And we learned to do what we needed to do for our job. And we moved out into the world and started paying attention to whether everyone else around us liked what we were doing or not. We learned that being happy meant doing what everybody else around us, what made everybody else around us satisfied with us. And we learn to, to refer outside of us to our own correctness. We also got a message somewhere in life that we were supposed to be perfect in some way. Maybe not always, but there was, should be something we were perfect at, or at least striving to be perfect at. And we put a lot of focus on that And some of us have invested a tremendous amount of time in learning something that someone else told us we were good at doing and not really taking the time to figure out what we want to be good at doing. And this is about doing. Spiritual gifts and the exploration of spiritual gifts is about doing. It follows our fifth principle, which says thinking about it is not enough. We have to do something We have to take action in our lives. So when we take action in our lives, it makes sense that we would take actions that make us happy. However, most of us are really good at all the other actions, and those actions include making a living so we can pay for our house, so we can have a safe place to live, taking care of the people we love so that they can feel safe and have their needs met, and living into a certain philosophy... That seems to be good for the world. So what we're going to do this month is break the rules and save the world. Okay? Because we came here to do something. We came with a toolbox full of stuff. And that toolbox has a purpose. And when we're using the tools in our toolbox correctly, we feel happy. And happy is a good purpose, right? When we're happy, when we're passionate, some really important things happen in the world. Because we're so happy and so passionate, we forget to eat because we're loving what we're doing so much. When we're doing those things, we live differently and life feels different. And if you've ever met somebody who's really tuned into their passion, they'll say to you, when they're doing what they're doing, it doesn't feel like work. Because it's what they love doing. So when we're on purpose and living into our spiritual gifts, as we move through life, how we engage those spiritual gifts changes. Because we change, don't we? From being really little to being big. And being young to being old. And being healthy and virile to being not as virile, but still healthy. Right, We change. So how we take our gifts in the world has to change too. If you had one year and you knew that's all you had, one year, what would you do differently than you're doing today? What would you do differently? Some people will say they'd like to travel. Some people will say they want to gather more with their family. Some people will say they want to write the book they never wrote. At the end of life, what people want to know is, am I loved and have I loved well? Am I loved and have I loved well? That's a good place to start with our purpose. How are we loving? What is our way of expressing love every day? Do we do it through all of the things that we do? through how we do our laundry and how we wash our dishes and how we greet people at the door. Are we loving well? It will make a difference. So this month, we're going to talk about all of the things that we do that we're passionate about. And I'm going to ask you questions and invite you to do some homework. I want you to be careful about storytelling. So, Kurt, God, Kurt Vonnegut in one of his books tells this story about God and he says "You know, God had created the earth and God had created the water and he said to the earth and the water let's do something together let's make something so the water and the earth joined together to make mud and God formed all the creatures of the earth out of the mud and when he formed man man had a unique talent he immediately began speaking and he said What's the meaning of all of this? What's the purpose? And God said, does there have to be a purpose? And man said, of course there does. And God said, good, that's your job. Make meaning of it all. (laughs) And that's what we do. We are God's storytellers. And we write stories about why we're here and what we're doing. And sometimes we're so good at writing stories that we don't check in on what is underneath the imagination. We don't check in on how our body feels living in the story we've created for ourselves. We don't check in to see what is authentic for us. When we're young, we do. So ask yourself a question. What are you doing now in the way you live Or what have you given up that would cause the eight-year-old you to cry? What were you thinking life would be like at eight years old? What did you have fun doing at eight years old? Give some thought to that. Maybe you thought you'd be an astronaut or a fireman. Maybe you liked to lay on the earth with your belly down and watch the ants crawl. Maybe you had certain things that made you laugh that you really enjoyed. What was it you were doing at about eight years old? Because at about eight years old, you're you're only beginning to have the full access to the neocortex, which is where the thinking, logical, reasonable place is in your mind. So you're more emotion-led to about that age So at at about six to eight years old, your emotions begin to meet your logical mind and you start thinking about how you're going to do what makes you feel good. What is it that you wanted? Think about that. How many of you are already saying, I can't remember back when I was eight years old? That's a story. That's a story. Let that story go. Instead, affirm for yourself, it'll come to me. I'll just let that question sit there and it'll come to me. Over the next hours or days or weeks, something will trigger that. Maybe I'll see my grandchildren play and something, but something will come. Those are the kinds of stories that get in the way of our discovering our spiritual gifts. They're the stories that say, I can't. I can't do that. I already learned I can't. Well, What that really means is I'm not perfect at that, so I don't want to. I might embarrass myself. I might not look good doing that. I might do it wrong. True, but do you really want to do it? Is there a part of you that calls you forward where you get excited and think, oh, I'd really like to, uh, maybe I don't want to look stupid doing that. What is it that calls you? That spiritual gift has value. You brought it with you. When you came here, your soul brought it. Because it knew you had something to do. So I'm very grateful that the cells in this body that are toes know where toes belong and don't grow up here. Right? We all have something to do. There are 70 trillion cells in this body. The majority of them seem to know where they belong. There are 7 billion people on this planet. We belong somewhere. At every single point in our life, we have a way to contribute to making the world a better place. And our spiritual gifts are how we do that. And they're not necessarily what we get paid to do. And we are not necessarily perfect at doing them. I mean, If you have a hammer in your toolbox at home and you've never used it, you might smash your thumb a time or two. Right? But if you practice, you'll learn. And if we need somebody with a hammer, you will be very valuable in that moment. Your spiritual gifts are the tools in your toolbox that we need for something. We may not need them every single moment, but when we need them and you are practiced at them and you can say you've looked in your toolbox and you know you have that tool, you are going to be the most important person in that place right at that time. Your spiritual gifts, if you, if you read the Bible, in Scripture they list 18 different spiritual gifts. I like to believe God is bigger than that that there's more than just 18 gifts, that we all have them. We have gifts of healing and gifts of teaching and gifts of listening and gifts of patience and gifts of enthusiasm and gifts of encouragement and gift the gift to be able to hold still space and not speak when someone needs for you to listen and wait for the answer. We have lots and lots and lots of gifts, and we have ways to find out what they are. And so over the next month, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what our gifts are. Now, you have choice. You could go home after this Sunday and go, Psh, that sounds like work to me. I'm just fine, and I'm really busy. I have laundry to do and grocery shopping and a job to work, and people to take care of, and Ariana, don't you know how busy I am? And besides that, I'm too old. I should have discovered those gifts 50 years ago. (laughs) I know. I know. You think that, don't you? And if you find your spiritual gifts now, be careful of the next story, because the next story will be, why did it take me so long to pay attention to this? That doesn't serve anybody. We do this work now because this is what we're doing now, because this is our present moment. Our present moment is discovering our spiritual gifts. Our present moment is discovering them because the world presumably needs them now. Now is the time. If we look at the turbulent state of our world right now, it's not hard to believe that right now is the time, is it? So here's your homework this week. I want you to think about, write down if you are willing, journal about if you have time and interest, but at the very least, think about who your heroes are. Who do you admire in the world? And it doesn't have to be a great, famous person. It could be your grandma, or it could be Oprah, or it could be whoever it is. Who do you admire in the world? Who are your heroes? Because your heroes will give you a hint as to what your gifts are. The things that you admire in other people are meaningful to you. They have a pull on your soul. They pull on you because they're there for you. You have a magnetic attraction to what is being done in front of you. So think about that. Who are your heroes? And the second piece of your homework is, what makes you cry? We don't like to do that. Most of us avoid it, but it happens. Sometimes it happens when we're watching a commercial or a television show. Sometimes it happens because of a conversation we have with someone. Sometimes it happens because we have a sense in our own heart. Something is going on for us. What makes you cry? Because what makes you cry is what you're passionate about. You care about that. It matters to you. So just to explore those things. You don't have to know next week what your spiritual gifts are. This is the beginning. <laughs> just notice what you admire and what you really care about. And those will be hints. And I'll give you some more exercises next week. And by the end of the month, we'll be looking through a different lens at what is ours to bring forward. I have some quotes for you. Soledad O'Brien said, I've learned that fear limits you and your vision. It serves as blinders to what may be just a few steps down the road for you. The journey is valuable, but believing in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth can empower you to walk down an even brighter path. Transforming fear into freedom, how great is that? Sophia Loren said, there is a fountain of youth. It's in your mind, in your talents, the creativity you bring to your life and the lives of people you love. When you learn to tap this source, you will truly have defeated age. Thomas Kincaid said, balance, peace, and joy are the fruit of a successful life. It starts with recognizing your talents and finding ways to serve others by using them. Amit Ray said, it doesn't matter how long you're spending on the earth, how much money you have gathered, or how much attention you've received. It's the amount of positive vibration you have radiated into life that makes a difference. Frederick Nietzsche said, he who has a why to live... Can bear almost any how. And the Dalai Lama said this <clears throat> the meaning of life is happiness. Hard question is not what is the meaning of life? No. Hard question is what makes happiness?